0: Our Old Testament reading today comes from the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah. Speaking of frogs, there's a song like that, right? It occurs to me. <clears throat> Jeremiah was a bullfrog. He was a good friend of mine. Goodness. Tell so, Yeah, right. Jeremiah 23, verses 23 through 29. Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can anyone hide in secret places so I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. I have heard what the prophets say, who prophesy lies in my name, they say, I had a dream, I had a dream. How long will this continue in the hearts of these lying prophets who prophesy the delusions of their own minds? They think the dreams they tell one another will make my people forget my name, just as their fathers forgot my name through Baal worship. Let the prophet who has a dream tell his dream but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord? Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock into pieces? Now turn with me, if you would, to our New Testament reading. This is the sermon text for this day. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 29 through chapter 12, verse 2. This comes uh, at the end of the the famous Hall of Faith chapter, Hebrews 11, where the author of Hebrews has been recounting the stories of many heroes of the faith that have gone before, uh, Moses and Abraham and Noah and, and many others. And we pick up the story here, or the the recollection of these stories, here in verse 29. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets who, through faith, conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging. While still others were chained and put in prison, they were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord Jesus Christ, we give thanks to you that you have sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, that you have run the race before us, and that you, along with all the saints, are cheering us on that we might run with perseverance all the days that we have left. Speak to each of our hearts now this day, and help us to keep our eyes fixed squarely on you, no matter what comes. It's in your name that we pray these things. Amen. i 've been involved in a good bit of racing lately, and it 's not the kind of racing that first comes to your mind uh, that faster pastor thing that was fun and i 'll mention that here in a little bit uh, a little bit later uh, but the racing that I want to speak about first is actual running. Um, you might have kn- known this or' seen me running out in the neighborhood a little bit if you 've happened to pass by or you 've seen some of the updates I put on Facebook and fun things like that i 'm um, turning 40 this year, and my doctor said, my, I know, my good cholesterol needs to come up, so I needed to do some more exercising. So I've been taking, you know, running a little bit more seriously. Um, so much so that I, I've run a couple of 5K races the, yesterday and a week ago yesterday. Uh, one in the Flint area and one in Greenville. Um, so uh, kind of opposite directions, but um, both kind of enjoyable days they were they were real pleasant days and and uh, and good times to to run outside to be around other people who were kind of doing the same thing. Um, I have a, a role model, so to speak in in this pursuit of physical health. A friend of mine, his name is Matt Stone. He's a pastor over in Greenville. He's the one who invited me to the Greenville 5K. Um, He has been on a journey of being physically, becoming more physically healthy. He's lost a ton of weight and has gotten really strong and and all this stuff. And I mean, you could fit two of my arms in one of his. He's just, you know, really strong. But he's a a real encouragement and example to me. but that's, that's an important principle, right? To have somebody in front of you that you can look at to say, you know, I kind of want to be maybe a little bit like them. I don't know that I want to go and bench as much weight as Matt benches all the time, but at least the running thing, I can keep up with him a little bit. Uh, and I've noticed that in this running thing, it's a lot different running by yourself compared to running with a group of people. And especially in the context of an actual race. Yesterday in Greenville, they had uh, 200 runners, I think, people running this this route, which was really lovely. It ran around a lake. But, of course, the first half mile was downhill to that lake. So, you know, the last half mile was going to be killer uphill from the lake. That was rough. Um, there was much walking going on there. But that's okay. Um, the, uh, the 5K yesterday had... Pace setters, and this is something that was new to me. I hadn't noticed this or known about it before. They had people uh, wearing bright green neon t shirts, and the front said pace setter, and the back said the pace that they were going to run. So there was one person that was running a seven minute mile, and that person was way up, way in front of me. <laughs> There was one person running an eight minute mile, one running a nine minute mile and running a 10 minute mile. And it just said 10 minute mile on the back. So you knew that if you wanted to run whatever pace you wanted to run, you needed to be with that person or between that and the other and all this stuff. Uh, and I thought that was a really neat idea. So I've been running at my top end. It's just under an eight minute mile. I'm just under eight, which is pretty good for me. I think, um, And uh, so I started off in front of the eight minute mile pace setter. Things are going great running downhill. It's all going good. My headphones told me the first mile was under eight. Great. Excellent. Then I started slowing down a little bit and sure enough, Soon enough, here comes this eight minute mile pace setter guy coming up right next to me. I'm like, oh man, here it is. I'm not going to hit eight minutes for the whole thing. So I tried to keep up with him for a little while, for a minute or two, maybe. And he just kept, these guys are so fit. They, They, he just kept plodding along at his, at his pace, checking his watch, making sure he was doing the right thing. And I let him do that. (laughs) I was with him for a little while and then I just kind of faded into the background and the nine minute miler didn't catch me. I was between eight and nine for the whole time. So that was all fine. Um, but the, the, the idea of having a pace setter is so important when you're running because you you know that you have somebody with you who is leading the way and showing you how to go. The race is marked out, right, with little arrows and signs and things to tell you which way to turn around the neighborhoods. Uh, they even had encouraging notes written on the pavement um, in, in sidewalk chalk. Keep running. Trust your breathing. Whatever that means. Uh, You're almost there. That was on the uphill climb. And I thought, yeah, we're almost there. <laughs> almost there. I'm a novice at running. I have a lot to learn about all of this, but I know that it takes discipline and encouragement and partnership and mentorship to overcome apathy and sloth (laughs) to reach new levels of endurance and fitness and health. When you're running by yourself, it's a lot easier to just kind of pull the reins back and say, "Eh, I don't want to, I don't want to push too hard. But when you have a group of people and a pace setter in front of you, it's a lot easier to stay committed to the, to the course. Now, this isn't a sermon about physical fitness. It's a sermon about spiritual fitness and the exact same principle applies. If we run by yourself, you could, you could be spiritually healthy, but it's a lot easier to just pull back and say, I don't feel like being that spiritually healthy. I don't, I don't have to push that hard. But if you have a group of people around you and a pace setter to set the course for you, then it becomes a lot easier to to show the discipline that's needed for this kind of spiritual endurance. That's what Hebrews 11 and 12 are talking about. Having a crowd of witnesses around you to cheer you on and someone in front to lead the way to show the path that we are to go and how to go about running that race. There are many people named in chapter 11 before today's passage and then a few that were listed in what we did read today. These are Old Testament heroes of the faith, people that were from the scriptures that Jesus knew when he walked this earth. Those that had run the race before and had endured hardship and difficulty, who did not always receive the physical rewards for their spiritual faithfulness. Some of them died in the wilderness as they were wandering through to get to the promised land. Other people didn't make it to what they were hoping to achieve, but they stayed faithful spiritually. These people are our spiritual ancestors. They're not just memories, but they are cheering us on as we make our laps around this world but we don't have just the Old Testament heroes of the faith or even just the New Testament heroes of the faith. We in our own congregation have our own heroes of the faith. Uh, We have a handful of memorial plaques that are posted on the wall as you head down into the fellowship hall. They are there not to be forgotten, not to be ignored, not to be uh, looked over, but to catch your attention every time you go between here and there. Every time you enter the south entrance of the building, you'll see those names. And there's a banner over them. And that banner says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, dot, dot, dot. It's meant to evoke this very passage. And on those plaques are names of those members of our church who have died and have gone on to their reward. Those people that have run the race before us. Of course, this week we get to add a new name to that list. Our sister Dorotha Otey has joined the ranks of those who are in our memory, in in our hearts, those who have run the race with perseverance and are examples for us as we continue to run that that uh, set of plaques is not about sentimentality only it is about remembering with fondness those who are no longer with us it's not just about feeling the loss of those that we have lost it's about the encouragement it's about the urging that those people give us to continue running this race with endurance and with perseverance we need these encouragements we need to remember we need to remember our own people our biblical heroes and and others from the past 20 centuries of christian history uh, people who have run the race with perseverance people like Martin Luther King jr. Who stayed true to his faith in the work for civil rights. People like Dietrich Bonhoeffer who lived in Nazi Germany and stayed true to his faith in the rise of Hitler and, and all of it took place in the thirties and forties. People like sojourner truth who stayed true to her Christian faith in the work to abolish slavery. The list can go on and on and on of people who have run with perseverance major figures from history who have been so convicted that the way of Jesus is higher than the way of the world that they gave their lives to that cause, whatever that cause might have been. Sometimes, as Hebrews tells us, following Jesus can be a very costly thing to do. Jesus knew this himself. Jesus practiced this costly way of living. He lived and died because of his commitment to the kingdom of God. And God in his divine wisdom has given us so many examples of people who have persevered and endured for the sake of that kingdom. The best and perfect and most complete example of all of these examples for us is Jesus himself. Jesus Hebrew says, is the author and finisher of our faith, the, the source of our faith and the completer of our faith, the beginning and the end. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the whole box. He is everything that is about our faith. Jesus is our pace setter. He is the one leading the pack the one who never tires, the one who never wears out, the one who just keeps running and urges us to follow him. We can always keep our eyes on Jesus as we run. In the uh, 5K in Greenville yesterday, that eight-minute mile pace setter ended up around the curve, and I lost track of him. But Jesus, our pace setter, always is in front of us, and we can always keep our eyes on him. If we keep our eyes on him, then suddenly our perspective about everything shifts away from ourselves to what, uh, to what Jesus is doing in this world. Jesus set an example for us That we should keep our eyes on him and not on the false narratives of spiritual life that our world teaches us. If we keep listening to the cloud of witnesses who are cheering us on, we will persevere and endure. If we throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles, we will run the race more freely and more healthily. I told you I'd come back to the faster pastor race and this is where it is because uh, throwing off things that might hinder us was uh, an idea that came to my mind as I was driving in that final, the feature heat. You know, if you were there, I was kind of in the back. I'd been in the front and was sort of in the middle and made it to the back. A car was bouncing and it's all wonderful stuff. There was one lap in particular where the three pastors in front of me were kind of all bunched up right? And they were starting to jostle for position and they were starting to slow down. And as we came around turn one and into turn two, I saw an opening for a split second and I decided to throw off everything that hindered me and just floor it because there was an opening. They were slowing down. And if I could just ride the corner enough, I might be able to catch up and make a race out of it. That's when I went over the edge of the track and it was, it was a little too much for that car to handle, I guess. Uh, but but I knew as I let off the gas and the car came back on the track and everything was fine, suddenly they were half a lap ahead of me. I knew that the race was done, I, I, unless there was some extreme thing that happened, like another caution or something. Uh, but the, if I had not taken that opportunity, I would not have had a chance to win that race. Anything that distracts racers from the contest in which they are competing, will quickly put them out of the running. Now, I did a good thing by throwing caution to the wind, I guess, and trying to catch up to the pack in that race. But uh, I I didn't do so in a way that kept me on the track. (laughs) I went a little bit outside of the boundaries. Things that distract us from the race that we're running will quickly put us out of the running. There are no shortcuts. There's no substitute for hard work. There's no substitute for endurance and following Jesus even even in the midst of pain and hardship and shame and conflict. There are no bonus points for being independent, for running solo. We need to be connected to Jesus to the pace setter, as well as to a supporting crowd of examples and encouragers, those who have died and those who are still living. Yesterday, running up that monstrous hill in Greenville, the Greenville High School cheerleaders, the boys and the girls, were halfway up the hill cheering us on, and I thought, well, that's nice. (laughs) They're not running this race. (laughs) But it was encouraging to have somebody along the track. And I thought I went from walking up the hill to starting to jog a little bit as I got closer to them because I felt a little bit ashamed walking past them. But I thought as I switched to, to, to jogging a little bit, I thought I sensed them cheering a little bit louder as I started to make my slow, terrible way up that hill. Having somebody near you who is living, who is alive, who is there, running the same race as you, cheering you on is such an important part of your spiritual health. And in our church, we uh, don't have a very um, codified way of of connecting people with other people. We don't have small group ministries or intentional relationships. We do have our Sunday school classes and that can function as a, a small group of sorts, I'd like us to become more intentional about connecting with each other in our walks of discipleship so that we don't feel like we're running this race alone so that we can connect with others on a regular basis and uh, and grow together as we seek to follow Christ. Starting in September uh, through September, October and November, we're going to work with a 3-month project. Uh, this is kind of an exciting thing. Uh, there's a, a journal booklet that's being printed even now. It just went to the press this past week uh, that uh, has been put together by a large Church of God congregation in Arizona. I'm pointing down here as if that's the U.S. map southwest uh, Phoenix area. Um, And they've collaborated with many other churches, uh, Church of God congregations, to put this together. This is the third such journal that they have done. The artwork is done by a friend of mine, and it's just fantastic stuff. And each month is going to focus on a different theme of our spiritual lives, our spiritual growth. And we're going to have those books here. Uh, to to work through together. That'll be kind of the map that we'll follow for the next three months, starting after Labor Day, September 8th is when we'll get started with that. Hopefully the books come in the mail between now and then. Uh, But what's in those books are a series of discussion questions, small group questions. It's meant to be done however will fit best with whatever church, large or small, is using it. And I'd like for you to think about that, how you would like to handle that the questions that are related to the scripture passages that we'll be working with and the sermons that we'll be working with. They're going to be my own sermons. Every pastor is doing their own thing, uh, but we're all kind of in the same ballpark of topics. Um, So be thinking about that. How would you like to connect with others um, to, to wrestle with the kinds of questions that we'll see in these, in these journals that for you to take home and write in and share with each other and all this stuff, whatever, whatever would be helpful to you in your spiritual development uh, that's that's kind of the game plan for the next few months. So I hope I, I share that with you to kind of pique your interest and get you to be a little more excited about what's happening here in the near future. Between now and then, in this in a couple of weeks between now and Labor Day, um, the challenge for you is to compile a list of your heroes of the faith. If you were to write Hebrews 11 or if you were to summarize the people that have been important in your own development, who would you name? What would that list look like? And if you find yourself saying, I don't have time to talk about so and so and so and so, that's okay. Just list their names. Hebrews did the same thing. I don't have time to talk about all these people, but they're important. So I'm going to write their names down. So don't forget them. What's your list look like? Why are those people important examples of Christian faith to you? then consider your relationship to Jesus and what role Jesus plays in your life. Who are your mentors currently, presently? And consider entering into a serious relationship with somebody who is further ahead in this race than perhaps you are. And then recognize that you yourself, in how you run your particular race, are setting an example for those who follow you. Let's run this race together. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus, the pace setter. And let's not give up hope, even though the hill may be very steep and the edge of the track may be very precipitous. (laughs) Let's keep running together, because our race is not done yet. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your love for us and how you have drawn us into a family, a body of believers that need each other and you. Help us to run with perseverance, remembering and being cheered on by those who have run the race before us. Give us eyes to see how you are at work in our lives and in our community, and help us always, always, to keep our eyes fixed on you every step of the way. We thank you for all of this. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.